Welcome to the jungle. What's cracking? A tremendous 2024 to you. I'm Jim Rome. I'm in Southern California. What's going on? Hope you had a tremendous holiday season. Hope you're ready for a big year. Let's go ahead and get it. All right. I will get you caught up on my holiday season. I want to hear about yours. I want you to get up in here. Go ahead, start dialing. Telephone number is 1-800-636-8686. How you all feeling? Coming off an enormous football weekend, both in the pro ranks and the college ranks. So I want to hear from you. Don't waste any time. Get up in here right now. Once again, 1-800-636-8686. Phone lines are open right now because I've got two interviews, but they do not start until the top of hour number two. First hour is wide open. Why not take advantage of it? I've been gone nearly two weeks. Hit me up, 1-800-636-8686. You know where to find me on the X at Jim Rome. You know where to email me, Rome, R-O-M-E, at habitate.com. All right, coming up at the top of hour number two, arguably the team to beat right now in the NFL, the Ravens. They were dominant. What a beatdown they put on the Dolphins. Isaiah Likely. It's a great name. I love that name. Always keep track of my favorite names. Isaiah Likely, tight end for the Ravens. Had a big game. He joins me at the top of hour number two. Coming up the top of hour number three, old pal Andy Staples. He was at the Rose Bowl last night. I'm going to lead with some college football, actually. Andy Staples joins me in hour number three. No ATP because it's not a Monday. It's a Tuesday. You can't see me because we are not yet on TV, but the crew is here. So, theater of the mind, from my left and my right, Alvy is still here, Tommy is still here, Jack Savage in the back row. Hey, Jack, you know what I took up during the break? I started watching Reacher. I don't know, Savage. He might be more badass than you, that dude. But then again, we probably should do a show with you. We'll just call it Savage. All right, you have your telephone number, 1-800-636-8686. Why don't we start with some college ball? Great to be back from the ice-cold basement that was in Wisconsin. Not as cold as I thought. I've got a recap on that later on. But great to be back for another huge year in the jungle. Happy New Year to everybody. And we did get a giant gift for making it to another January 1st. The gift of college football. The gift of an incredibly epic day of college football. The college football playoff has never been better than it was. The Nick Saban Invitational has never been more riveting than it was. Even if it didn't exactly work out for old red ass this time. But man, it almost did, didn't it? It almost did not I thought it was going to. Michigan's magical season of scandal is still alive and well, however. And the Conference of Champions is going out with a trip to the Natty. The men of Michigan versus the Huskies of Washington is going to be epic. I love the matchup. However, it did get pretty sweaty at the end for both those teams yesterday. There was some extreme Pucker action late in both those games. Made your butthole poker up. For instance, how about OT at the Rose Bowl? Redass had his tide three yards away from forcing double OT. And then Redass and his staff dialed up a truly horrendous, truly busted up quarterback draw that essentially got stuffed in a locker by Michigan. 
Now, you might want to argue that it wasn't actually a true draw, but rather an RPO. Either way, the wrong play at the wrong time or some bad execution at the wrong time. Blame it on the call. Blame it on a bad snap. Speaking of bad snaps, there were about 10 of those last night. How Bama of all programs does not have somebody who can snap the ball is beyond me. Or blame it on a bad read by Jalen Milrow, who did have other options on that play. Or both. Or maybe just a bad call. Whatever it was, it was a really bad play at the worst possible time. The game deserved a better final play than that. An incredible game and an incredibly lame play at the very end. I don't know what's tougher to believe, that Bama does not have a dude who can snap the ball or that they made it this far without a dude who can snap the ball or that they almost beat the men of Michigan without a dude who can snap the ball. And no, I'm not putting it all on the dude who can't snap the ball, but it's all pretty hard to believe. However, you men of Michigan, and by the way, when I flew back from Wisconsin, I was on a flight from Minneapolis to Cali before the game. Let's not forget about the women of Michigan. There were a lot of them on that plane. And they were all representing. All. So I think that we've been shortchanging the women of Michigan. It's not just the men of Michigan. It's also the women of Michigan. It is the people of Michigan. Anyway, you all know that final play was not the only pucker moment. In fact, that play was nothing compared to the muff. Muff. The muff. Muff. That almost caused the entire magical season of scandal to end in the most painful, most pathetic way imaginable. That muff. Muff. Would have ruined more than just the season. It would have ruined that poor kid's life. Michigan really nearly muffed muff. away the entire season in the last minute of one of the all time Rose Bowls. That football rolls one more yard into the end zone, and it's one of the most humiliating and painful endings ever. But somehow that football stood itself clear of the end zone and just turned back at the half-yard line. Kind of amazing that the football gods were smiling on the muff of Michigan. Men of Michigan. Interesting, right? Of all the, the programs or times, The football gods smile on them in that moment. It was almost like the ball, if that's not it. It's almost like that ball was being remote controlled with some crazy spy device by Connor Stallions wearing a wig and a fake mustache somewhere in the Rose Bowl nosebleeds. Yeah, but what a sunset, right? What an absolute sunset every single year. Why do you think they play that game there at that time? But then again, it wasn't even Michigan's first muff Muff. either. They muffed twice. And they blew a PAT. And they missed a field goal. And they won? In other words, who has worse special teams than Michigan? Nobody! And it damn near cost them a shot at the natty. It's Michigan versus the world, and Michigan is still undefeated. Even if they're the only people in America that think they're America's team, their act is working for them. Even if it's cringe as hell for everybody else. 
Got to give it to the players, though, man. Got to give it to the Wolverine players. I do. I do. I've got nothing against them at all. Play their asses off. That's a physical team. And they did what they had to do. A classic of a Rose Bowl. I'm not saying the most perfectly played Rose Bowl, but I'm talking about a really, really compelling game. One of the best ever. The only thing the Rose Bowl was missing was some of that big Penix energy. Holy crap. Did the entire country find out exactly what that means last night and what Michael Penix Jr. is all about? You want to talk about a lefty laser show? You want to talk about a dude that way too many people have been sleeping on? You want to talk about a guy who is just incredible to watch and a guy who is just straight up dropping bombs? This dude's got a brass set to go along with that howitzer on his shoulder. And he's been on a mission since the word go this year. And that mission is not complete yet. Check his act out on the podium after the game last night. You told us earlier this week, I've yet to play my best game as a Husky. Was tonight it? No, we got one more to go. (laughs) We got one more to go. Michael, when you decided to return for a sixth season, could you ever have imagined this? And why? Man, definitely, man. That's definitely uh, the biggest reason we came back. You know, I said it before the season started. You know, our goal was to win a uh, national championship. And now we got the opportunity. We got the shot to do it. So, man, Husky Nation, stand up, man. We going to the natty, man. Let's go. Let's go. That's right, Husky Nation. Stand the hell up. And if this dude says that he still has not played his best game yet, one, I believe him, and two, that's bad news for Bama. I believe him because he has kept his word so far. He absolutely did say before the season that he was coming for the natty. And here is the proof from an interview with Fox 13 Seattle way back in February. What's still left on the table for you? Yeah, championships, you know, for sure. You know, I feel like this team, we, we definitely we definitely bound for one. I can't wait for it. Um, but obviously it's going to take a lot of work. What kind of championships are we talking about? National. The biggest one. National. The biggest one. This dude's not playing. Hey, and neither do I. Sidebar. Get on the phones. Open phones. Hour one, 2024. An enormous year. Somebody get your ass in here and set the tone. Remember, the first call of the year on the air generally ends up in the ionic you're in review. I honor. Don't you want to be first? How about if somebody were to wire the field? What if we gave a golden ticket on the first call? Remember, this is year 30 of the smack off. What are you waiting on? Are you too hungover? Are you not in the right headspace? Get on the phones. Hit me up. 1-800-636-8686. Back to Penix. Stu's not playing. He's going to bring that big penis energy. He showed up this season for a natty. He said it before the season, and now he gets the chance to play for his natty. Riding a 21-game win streak and running off 10 straight wins by 10 or fewer points. An incredible run for Washington. And as much credit as he deserves, and he deserves it all, as much credit has to go to his head coach. 
Not that we didn't know this, because we were saying this on this show when he was at Fresno State. However, for those of you who don't know, is there a more underrated coach in the history of the world right now than Kalen DeBoer? The man just showed up to UW and instantly made them a power once again. I mean, you know this dude's career record, right, as a head coach. Granted, he did start at NAIA Ball in Sioux Falls. But this dude is 104 and 11. 104 and 11 as a college football head coach. I don't care where he started. 104 and 11 as a head coach. He's a freaking winning machine. And now that winning machine collides with the magical season of scandal for the Natty. It could very well become the most magical Michigan season ever. As I know, every single man, woman, child, and person of Michigan will be sure to let every last one of us know if they do finish. Or it could be the greatest send-off ever for the Conference of Champions. Either way, it's looking like it's going to be an awesome matchup to follow up the two awesome semifinals. Early line is Michigan favored by four and a half. So if you like the Huskies, there's some value right there, yo. And you have to admit, pretty validating for the CFP committee. Sorry, not sorry, FSU fan, but nobody missed you yesterday. And nobody wants to hear from you today either, so don't try that. Leave Jack Savage alone. Leave Jack's Gramps alone. You lost by 60 to Georgia. 60. So nobody wants to hear your excuses. Nobody wants to hear about how you basically protested the game, and that's why you lost by 60. You lost 63-3. to The committee... One of the best teams. The committee, one of the best matchups. And it's kind of hard to argue right now that that's not exactly what they gave us. Just like it's pretty hard to argue right now that Michigan and Washington aren't the two best teams. Or that that wasn't the best CFP day ever. Because frankly, it was. It was. Great day at college ball. 1-800-636-8686. You've got no excuse not to get up in here in hour number one. So in addition to that, what I didn't want to do is, because that was a great show, a great show, what I didn't want to do was start this year with a bad show. And I don't mean this show, I mean a bad show. I mean the worst show. I mean, of course, the ref show. And yes, Lions v. Cowboys can jump all the way today to today. I'll hit that. You know who's a bad actor? You got a bad show, The Ref Show. And you know who's a really bad actor? David Tepper. Man, get a grip, billionaire. Throwing drinks on fans. Dude, are you that easily hooked? If you're that easily hooked because somebody's chirping you about how bad your football team is, it's going to be like this a long time because you're not going to be very good anytime soon. Man, what a horrible look. Bad actor. All that cash can't buy class, right? Or restraint. Hey, Steeler fan. Wouldn't mind checking in on you. What's up? How y'all living? Look at Mason Rudolph. I like it. What do you know? They're still alive. 
Not dead, can't quit. Do you still want to run Mike Tomlin out of town on a rail? Probably so. Probably some of you do. And I'm going to stick by my take. He's not going anywhere, nor should he go anywhere. And there's a million different things to talk about regarding the pro game, too, that I want to get to. I do have a recap of our week in Wisconsin. Had a good time. Didn't get the white Christmas I was looking for. More like a brown Christmas, but we had a good time nonetheless. Listen, I was off for, I don't know what, nine days, ten days, whatever it was. So there's a million different things that we can reset or a million different ways where we can go. Don't wait on me. Jump up in here. You got yourself a huge platform and an opportunity. And we've got huge plans for 2024. So what do you say we started all off on the right note? Hold on, Albie. I always want to see that first X or that first email. That also, the first written response to set the tone for the year. That also is something that ends up in the year in review. Hey, Tommy, go ahead and put the first one up that you want me to read. Keep that in mind. These are all tone setters. The first X, the first email, the first call. That was my first show open. Clearly, I've lost nothing. I'm still tight. What do you know? Oh, Kenny. Kenny and SA is the first one through. At SA Sports Honk. And I quote, Rome. Even I think Alabama had a lot of, quote, bad snaps. End quote. Sincerely, the waistline of Jeff in Richmond's pants. Hashtag fat. Fat. Hashtag the more things change, the more they stay exactly the same. That's how we start the year. With a Jeff enrichment is fat reset. Clearly, you clones have not gone to work on yourselves. You didn't take that time away to reset, recharge, re-energize, and work on your game. Not if the very first take through is about Jeff and Richmond being fat. I want to say, and I'm still in very good spirits, new year, new show, new opportunities, new me. I, I want to say that you clearly haven't changed, but I'm not going to base all of that on one simple X. I will say that dude hasn't changed. Mike T for three. See what he's got. Really hoping to get a chance to work with Penix. I've been singing his praises for a while now. Signed, Matt Nagy. Clowns. Clowns. Stop beating dead equine into the ground. How many times are you going to reset the same things over and over again? One quick thought. If I came in here and did the same exact show every single day, 365 days out of the year, well, in my case, like 250, would that work? Would you be into that? It doesn't make any sense. No. So you shouldn't do your same show every single day. Says Rome, never forget the women of Michigan. Regards, planes having trouble lifting off the runway from Detroit. Steven Phoenix, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just saying, 
when we flew out of Wisconsin, we always fly through Minneapolis. When we jumped our plane to me or in Minneapolis to LAX, it was loaded with Michigan fans the day before the game. Obviously. I'm just saying it's always about Michigan man, Michigan men. Having been on that plane, I saw lots of Michigan women, and they were all representing. As well they should. I'm just saying, let's not shortchange them. And finally, Jamie and Green Bay. I'm going chalk. My money is on the first call of the year getting run. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Oh, by the way, speaking of chalk, some of it's chalk and some of it's not. I mean, I got my head handed to me last night. Not a good betting night last night. NFL weekend was aight. Not good. Already. Just broke my first rule, broke my discipline, was chasing, doubling up. It went badly. I mean, did I not hear a word that Billy Walters said when he came on at the end of the year? Apparently not. All right, so you know where to find me. You've got your telephone number. It is toll-free. You know where to find me on the X. You know where to find me on email. We've already had our first written submission. So far, so bad. Now I'm looking for the first call of the year. Set the tone. Hit me up. I think I'll start the year also with a question. I'm not sure if you're aware of this question. Why is Old Trapper Beef Jerky so incredible? Why don't we start with the fact that it is produced by a family business. A family business which stands by quality and produces the world's finest beef jerky. Per usual, you do not want to be fooled by the brands. All beef jerky is not the same. Make sure you choose Old Trapper where you can actually see the quality right through their iconic Clearview packages. Every single bite of Old Trapper is tender. It's never tough because they use just the best ingredients. From their lean strips of beef, seasoned with top-quality spices, to their real wood-fired smoke. Old Trapper delivers quality in every single bite. And it does come in four mouth-watering flavors. All are awesome. I go back and forth amongst the four. I love them all. If you're not sure which one to go with, try them all. They come in four-ounce bags. If you know what you want, just get the big boy, the 18-ouncer. That way you've got enough for the entire team. If you do not see it, and you will, but if you don't, Ask for Old Trapper by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. I'll tell you what I like. What I like is the phone lines are ringing. I like that a lot. Nice job. Keep it up. 1-800-636-8686. Let's start in Texas. Adam, this is the first call of 2024. This call essentially sets the tone. Let's find out. Adam in Texas. Adam, what's going on? How are you? Well, I appreciate being the first caller. It's my first time to ever call in, so uh, no pressure on me, right? No, you're good, dude. Um, You sound fine. Go ahead. (laughs) Man, last night's game was amazing. I don't even feel bad about losing. I think I would have felt worse if we had won being a Longhorns fan. They dominated us from whistle to whistle. They had a better game plan. They had better receivers. It was – if we would have pulled that win off – My man. No. My man, I'm really sorry. I don't like that call. My man, did you just do and say what I think you did? Like, oh, wow. Sorry, not Sorry. 
I, I did not want to do a good guy like that. You can tell he was a good guy. Long time, first time, no pressure on me. I'm like, no, you sound great. And he did. He sounded great until he said something to the effect of, I don't even mind that we lost. I would have felt worse if we won. Now, just so my ears do not deceive me, Alvy, can you take one second, and maybe you got to knock a little rust off. I know I did. Did, in fact, a Longhorn fan just say, I don't feel badly that we lost. In fact, I would have felt worse if we won. Man, last night's game was amazing. I don't even feel bad about losing. I think I would have felt worse if we had won being a Longhorns fan. Ah! Yeah, no. No. You don't like this. Listen, call. I didn't oh run God. that call because I know so many of you wanted me to run that first call of the year. I didn't do that for effect. I don't do anything for effect. I ran that call because of what he said. Because it makes no sense whatsoever. I get, listen, I'll even meet you halfway. Not that I agree with this, but I guarantee he's not the only Longhorn fan that would say, you know what, I don't even feel terribly that we lost. Because I can make an argument that they are back. I can make an argument that they were getting blown the hell out. That looked like a blowout for quite some time. And then yet, at the very end, they were still in position to somehow, way, rip that game. So if you want to argue, I'm not sure I would argue this if I were a Longhorn fan, but if you want to argue that, you know what, I don't even feel horrible that we lost because clearly we're back and we're on the right track and we were this close to playing for a natty. But there is no Longhorn fan anywhere that can come up in here and say to me, oh, I don't feel badly that we lost. In fact, I would have felt worse if we won. That makes no sense at all. So unfortunately, we had to run the first call of the year because the first call of the year made no sense at all. Oh, well. 1-800-636-8686. I'm not even going to go with my normal make that make sense because nobody could. Since when is losing better than winning? Since when do you feel better about a loss than you do a win? They're they're searching off the silver lining, and then there's that. Unfortunately, the first call of the year got run. All right, let's go to Washington. Let me tell you what. I'll tell you what I can guarantee. I can guarantee that, one, the second he uttered that phrase, he was getting run. And two, you will hear that call again at the end of the year. Did I or did I not say that there's a very good chance that the first call of the year will end up in the last show of the year? Well, that one will. That's a lock. If you could find a sports book somewhere that would give you any kind of odds on that, I'd bet the entire house. I'd bet your life. I'd bet my life. You never want to bet your life on anything, right? You can go ahead and bet your life on that. It's my- as long as I'm still around here and the crew is still around here and we have a year in review, that freaking call is going to be in it. Unless they can somehow hack it and make it go away, but I doubt that. You're not getting through Alvy's firewall. Let's go to Washington. Matt, good to have you. Matt, how are you? What's going on? What's going on, Matt? First of all, being a star of Texas means uh, Shakira, Bruce Willis, global warming. Ah! That's not a good call. No. 
You don't like that car. I don't like that car. You know what that was? Matt in Washington was pretending to be Matt in Cleveland. Now, if you know this show and the history of the show, you, of course, know Matt in Cleveland. If it's a new year and you're just kind of dialing around the radio dial and you picked up the show and you found me, you probably don't know who Matt in Cleveland is. This is a legendary caller, Matt in Cleveland, who called up and had like what seemed to be this weird stream of consciousness during the hack off, of course, where else, before just fading out. And then we didn't know what happened to him and we couldn't locate him for like a week or so. It sounded like this. What's going on? What's up? Uh, first of all, being a star linebacker in Canada, that just means you're a failed hockey player. Uh, uh, Christy Alley, uh, Val Kilmer, Global Warming. <laughs> and that was that. No. That was that. You don't like that call. I don't like that call. I, I don't even want to give you the context, but just as you can imagine, factors or people who were prominent on the show, at least as topics back then, Val Kilmer, uh, Christy Alley, uh, uh, Global Cr- Warming. If you ask uh, me, Val I was Kilmer. in Wisconsin, and uh, it was like 40 degrees one day. I, I can only... I can only say that that was a result of global warming. Global warming. warming. Or maybe it was Christy Alley. Christy Alley. And I'd love to start this whole thing over again, but I'm not going to because I did my job in the open. All right, so what we'll do, I'm not going to berate you clones. I know there's no way that nine days off are going to change fundamentally who you are. And I understand that there are a few of you that will see this as an opportunity to do better and be better and make the show better. With or without you, that's what I'm going to do. But in the meantime, you should ask yourself. Ask yourself not what the show can do for you, but what you can do for the show. And then the entire community wins. Global warming. All right, so on that note... We're still wide open for the rest of this hour. I've got Isaiah Likely, a tight end for the Ravens, coming up at the top of hour number two. Andy Staples is going to join me at the top of hour number three. He was at the Rose Bowl last night. And I do want to talk about the worst show on the air, the ref show. How is this still happening? Why can they not fix this? Why are we still talking about the refs and not the games, not the players, not the things that matter most? Hey, Philly fan the hell happened to the Eagles? I, I could ask that about probably a half dozen teams in the NFL. I could give you a good take on every single team in the NFL. We're all those people that wanted to fire Sean McVay. If that wasn't the dumbest take ever. They're in. Hey, what do you know? Brock Purdy's actually a pretty damn good player. <laughs> Who are those people too? Where are all of you? New Year, hit me up. New Year, same number. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. So you clones have already picked up on your first thread of 2024. 
you want to start the year with 24 consecutive run calls. Like I said, everything we do here is legit. It's not contrived. It's not manufactured. I'm not going to say, hey, you know what? You know what? That's a great idea. Let's do that. Now, if it's merited, I'll do that. So far, you have two. 22 to go. Anyway, open phones in hour number one. Let's get back at it. Now, before I go to this next call, we have a bit of a disagreement here within the box. This is Laguna Hills. Roger, don't go anywhere. TJ. Roger, don't go anywhere. I said to Jack Savage, I guarantee, dude, you have an advanced degree, right? You have a master's degree from Northwestern. That is so impressive. You have an undergraduate degree from UCLA. That is so impressive. These are two of the best institutions in America. Those are two really impressive degrees. He's on the call screen, and he says Roger in Laguna Hills. And he spells Roger R-O-D-G-E-R. So I'm pretty brave. So I start to pimp Savage, even though he's a hired assassin and a killer. I'm like, yo, bro. With that level of education, you can't spell Roger. He's like, hey, boss, believe me, some people spell the name with a D. I said, hey, Savage, believe me, I guarantee this guy doesn't. There's only one way to find out. We go to Laguna Hills. Roger. Roger, my man, before you get to your take, Happy New Year, and I need to know, do you spell your name with a D? I say no way. No way. All right. There you go. Come That's on, Savage. A, tighten your game up, dude. Last name. What's that? Anyway. Wait, no, wait, no. Go ahead. Say it again. I missed it. last name most commonly. Yeah, yeah, right? But anyway, I wanted to talk about the, cow, the officiating in the Cowboys-Detroit game. You know, the Shield put so much emphasis on the integrity of the game, right? And they put so much money investigating players and what they do and, and what they do in their off you know, time and so forth. I think the NFL really needs to you know, allow the public to really know who the refs that are calling these games because you know, we don't know who they are. We just know that they're in the field. They're making these calls that have impact on the final outcome of the games. And the, the video of this last game clearly shows number 68 talking to the ref. Number 70 was running towards it. And, and you know, whether the referee made the mistake or the Lions didn't, you know, declare, uh, we need to know. So, therefore, because games like that and calls that and scenarios like this makes the integrity of the game come into question. And so... Um, that's my take. I got you. All right. So let me jump in since that's your take. My man, add a D to the spelling of your name because that was a D of a call. Just playing. I couldn't resist. When you say, we don't even know who these guys are. <laughs> Listen, I'm on board. The ref, the ref show is the worst show ever. The refereeing this year is arguably the worst refereeing ever. They have to fix it. And I don't disagree with you. It does cut at the integrity of the game, and there's almost no accountability whatsoever. But back to your other point, 
we don't know who these guys are. Yes, you do. They're the ones, the guys and gals, with the striped uniforms. You know exactly who they are. What do you mean, we don't know who they are? What do you want? Their addresses? Do you need to know what they do during their day jobs? Do you want their credit card numbers? Do you want to know where their kids go to school? Speaking of shows, so you know me, I'm I'm normally a one-show person. As I was in Wisconsin, and it was cold, but not cold enough to snowmobile, and not cold enough to ice fish, but just cold enough to stay indoors, I did find a show. I watched that doc, The Most Hated Man on the Internet. Had not seen that before. Creepy. Creepy and gnarly and not cool. However, what this guy was doing, ultimately, without giving away the whole thing, was just what that guy, or just what I made light of. What do you want? Their addresses? Maps to their homes? Yeah, that dude was going to do that. And there's a whole lot more to that plot line. I, I don't need to know who the refs are, quote unquote. I just need them to be competent. I just need them not to make it about them. I just need them not to butcher big calls in big moments, in big games that cost teams. That's all I need. I don't need to know who they are. In fact, I've always said this. If I know your name and you're an official or an ump, that's a bad thing. We only know your name because you butchered a call. Or like back in the day, you went ultimate gun show before all these guys started getting the weight room and you were at hockey league. And we knew that guy's name because he looked like he could bench press the stadium. And I made some off the cuff comment about how you want to drug test an athlete. How about you drug test that official, man? My man looks like he can put up 250 85 times. And then sure enough, I got word from him that that's not all right. I I need a retraction. You suggesting that I take drugs is calling into question my integrity. I'm like, oh, easy, Eddie. I was just giving you credit for being as strong as anybody on the field. All right? I was not insinuating that you're on drugs. So, no. Back to my final point there. I, I don't need to know who these people are. I don't want to know who these people are. I just want them to get the calls right. So, I'll get to the ref show. It's that bad that it jumped the weekend. Hell, the ref show jumped my entire vacation. That's how bad it is. And the calls aren't much better. All right, so that's three. You wanted you want to start the year. Well, actually, you didn't get run. Barely. I thought I ran him. He didn't get run. He said, that's my take, and then started to reset his take, and I jumped in. I saved him. Sorry about that. The streak is over, clones. It ends at two. Oh. Let's go to Michigan. Dave in Michigan. What's going on, Dave? How are you? Good morning. How are you? Happy New Year. You too. Uh, My question was, they can review everything under the sun on a scoring play at the end of an NFL game. Why, when it's not a judgment call, why can't they review the officials that make the call wrong. Review how? how? How would you review that? Would you roll the tape on the conversation? The player's checking in. Is eligible, ineligible? How could you review that play? 
Well, it was clear he checked in. You could see him walk up. It was clear the officials made the wrong call. Like, you know, if they, when it's not a judge, I understand judgment calls, you know, they did, took their best shot. But when it's clear he was eligible, he did report, they can say, oh, there was no illegal formation. It's a touchdown or it's a, a point. Well, they announced the wrong player for one. Hey, listen, I'm not going to say you didn't get jammed. I want to say this. I don't want to give away. Thanks, Dave. I don't want to give away my entire thought on this because I, it, I need time. I don't have time right now to get into this whole thing. You got screwed. You got jammed. The refs got it wrong. Now, I might say that on some level, the Lions got a little cute with it by sending multiple guys in to talk to the referee in the hopes of throwing off the opponent. They wanted to confuse the opponent. I see them working. Unfortunately, it came back to bite them in the ass because instead of confusing the opponent, they confused the ref. And the opponent defended it the way the ref called it. Even if Dan Campbell went to the refs before the game and said, be aware of this play because we may use it. We'll probably use it. And they still got it wrong. But we'll get into that whole thing about what's reviewable, what's not, who's accountable, who's not, and more. There's hour number one, the first hour of 2024. So far, so mid. I was good. Come on, clones. Let's go. Day one, all in. Let's go. Isaiah likely joins me when we come back.